This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to be in the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus this morning, um, taking a step out of our series that we are in in the book of Habakkuk. By the way, if you've missed those uh, two sermons so far, I want to encourage you to watch them or listen to them on podcasts or on YouTube. Um, And we are talking, in in the book of Habakkuk, we are studying where is God when life goes wrong. And so that's been a a helpful study for me, honestly, just selfishly. It's been a helpful study for me as I have um, prepared those messages, and we'll be back in that. Uh, series next week. And just to let you know where we're heading in the summertime, it's going to be a little bit easier uh, for us to navigate through. We're going to be in Psalms uh, in the summer. Um, and I'm just going to kind of pick and choose a little bit, keep track of them over the years. It may be something we do in the summertimes uh, throughout the years uh, to get us through that book of Psalms because you know I like preaching through books. Uh, but Psalms is a little bit different, so it doesn't necessarily go sequentially in order, and it doesn't necessarily connect. So we're going to do, uh, we're going to begin in the book of Psalms within the next few um, weeks. But today I wanted to bring a message entitled, The Attributes of a Godly Mother. The Attributes of a Godly Mother. And let me say this, we have a gift for every mother here today we're going to give you at the end, and it's for every lady that's 18 years old and, and older. So uh, we, we love all of the ladies that attend our church that are maybe here for the first time today, whatever it may be. Uh, we want to honor you. We have a cookie, a custom-made cookie, custom-decorated and made cookie uh, for you on your way out today. And then also as you leave in the lobby on the left-hand side, we've got a photo uh, spot for you to take pictures. I want to encourage you to do that today. Take pictures. Uh, there's a little sign holding up that says Mother's Day on it. And if you would tag our church we're Keystone RDU on across all social media today. That'd be great uh, just to kind of let people know you were here and uh, prove that you went to church on Mother's Day, right? And uh, here's proof. I got a picture. And um, Exodus chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning. Even if you're a tiny bit familiar uh, with Scripture, you have heard of the uh, amazing leader of the children of Israel, the man who, uh, who challenged Pharaoh, the man who led the children of Israel um, through the uh, part of the Red Sea for the children of Israel and led them through. His name is Moses. Uh, Moses is one of the most recognizable uh, men in the Old Testament. In fact, Moses was given promises uh, from God uh, to the children of Israel. He was a covenant was made with Moses and just a very important man um, in the in the story leading up to Christ. A very important man. But Moses had a, had a solid foundation built uh, for his life. And today I want us to look back at Moses' mom. You may not know her name right off the top of your head, but her name is Jochebed. Jochebed. Um, not a very popular name uh, nowadays. Some Bible names, you know, have st- stood the test of time. Jochebed is not one of them. Uh, but, uh, but an amazing lady. And how many of you understand behind every successful, just brilliant, millionaire, athlete, whatever it may be, there's a mother who raised that larger-than-life person. There's always 
a mother, and then there's others, coaches, teachers, people that have spoken into him been a major part of people's lives. And you think back on, you know, a, a basketball player like Michael Jordan who, who grew up and, and, and went to school in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, and who actually did not make his varsity basketball team as a sophomore in high school, if you can imagine that. But just think of the coaches. They had no idea that they were coaching the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. And don't argue with me about that, you young people. It's not even close, all right? I don't even know who LeBron James is, all right? They had no idea. I, get, I promise you that varsity basketball coach did not know he was cutting the greatest basketball player that was ever going to walk the face of the earth. Um, all that to say that behind every success is is a woman, is a mother. In fact, it's physically impossible for you to exist in this world without a mother. You, <laughs> this isn't a science lesson today or anything, but you get it. My mom is here today, and it's funny. Moms, just by way of introduction and encouragement, we did a lot of things growing up. <clears throat> we took a lot of trips. I was able to, able to travel as a young person. Uh, with my parents and I remember a lot of things that I did with my mom but I can tell you the number one thing that I will never forget about my relationship with my mom this cost her no money it was dad I'm not making fun of you but my dad's not the most athletic person in the world and so he didn't really care too much for baseball my mom loved baseball in fact my mom played softball growing up maybe played in high school if I'm not mistaken yeah and oh college come on now and uh She'd be outside in the backyard because I played infield because I couldn't run fast enough to play the outfield. And, and she would, she'd, she'd throw that ball up and she'd hit ground balls. And she never missed. She would throw that ball up, smack, hit a grounder to me. And I remember learning how to play baseball but with my mom in the backyard hitting me ground balls. And that's just an encouragement that I want to say to every mother here today who currently still has children at home or grandchildren, whatever the case may be is most of the time what your children or grandchildren are going to remember are the things that you did that didn't even cost any money. And we spend a lot of money, and I'm, I'm for that. I spend a lot of money on my family. We go on vacations, we're going to go on another one. I can't wait. We're saving money right now for it. But at the end of the day, I guarantee you that when my daughters one day graduate from high school and they look back on their lives, I guarantee, I don't know what it'll be, but I guarantee you what they're going to say is, hey, I remember, Dad, when we did this you remember when me when mommy would have girls nights with us on tuesday nights and take just the girls and we would go get something to eat and we would do something and go just shopping for us or that's what they're going to remember not the thousands of dollars that we spent on everything else and so i just wanted to be an encouragement to you this morning as a mother you say i don't have the money to do everything i want to do for my kids that's okay that's okay just love them spend time with them care for them. And Jochebed this morning showed extreme love and care for this young baby boy, Moses. You see, Pharaoh had just made a decree when we pick up where we're going to pick up this morning. Pharaoh had made a decree that all Hebrew boys that were born were to be cast into the river and murdered, to literally be drowned. What a horrific and hateful decision that was made by the leader of Egypt where the children of Israel were. If you want to connect the dots, this was a 
Pharaoh. This is the same children of Israel that Joseph, several years before, a couple hundred years before, Joseph had brought them to Egypt in in God's sovereignty to give them food during the famine. We actually preached through the life of Joseph. This was the end of that story. Okay? So that Pharaoh took care of the children of Israel. This Pharaoh, who is just another name for a king, this Pharaoh in Egypt did not really know Joseph and did not understand that story. And so what has happened over the years, the children of Israel are now in Egypt, they're beginning to multiply at a higher rate than, the, than the, those in Egypt. And so now this king is going, wait a minute, they're getting as big or bigger than we are. They could just overtake us. So I have an idea to kind of stop their multiplication. Anytime a boy is born, we kill it. That's what happened. That's what was going on. Just a horrific thing just because of an insecure uh, leader there in the country of Egypt. But Jochebed and her husband Amram, uh, his name also didn't make it uh, through to 2019. Jochebed and Amram conceived and she birthed a baby boy. Can you imagine the emotions that she went through? I'm having a child back in those days. Obviously, you would have no way of knowing the gender until you delivered and they deliver a child, and honestly, you have, to, you have to think, if you have a boy, they're going to kill him. If you have a girl, she can live. So can we just logic and reason with each other this morning? I believe she was probably praying for a girl. A girl. And they had this baby, and it's, it's a boy. And just the flood of emotions of what she just went through and birthing a child and, and, and now to understand that this evil ruler, this, this pharaoh would take this young boy's life. This is where we pick up in verse 1 of chapter 2. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as his wife, as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, by the way, three months, she was an awesome mother right there. End of story. She kept him quiet for three months. Bow your head and pray. Let's have, a, let's have an invitation, all right? <laughs> but when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, And laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him. And said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, Pharaoh's daughter's son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. This morning, I want us to look at the life and the decisions of Jochebed and unpack the attributes of a godly mother. Heavenly Father, speak through your word, speak through this story. God, I pray we would leave today encouraged 
thankful, full of gratitude, thanking God for you for your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen. Let me say this. When I say attributes of a godly mother, I'm not trying to present a moral standard by which I'm going to uh, passive-aggressively say you should uphold and you probably don't right now. Okay? Um, There is but one standard, and that's God. And God is love, and we all fall short of that standard. So today, I'm not trying to preach a moral sermon to you to make you feel bad, like I'm not a godly mother. If these are the attributes of a godly mother, did you see what I did last week to my kid? Or, you know, or, or whatever. So I want to get that out of the way. These are just encouragements to be a more godly mother. Listen, none of you are perfect, and neither was Jacobet. I mean, if you want to get down to nitty-gritty, this was a pretty conniving plan that she did. She left out a little bit of truth. She wasn't perfect. She was, she was boss, man. She was awesome. Like, the, can you, I mean, she, anyway, uh, she thought about all this, and we'll get there, but she wasn't perfect. But these are some attributes that Jochebed had. And I want us to see, first of all, number one, that Jochebed chose life. And I don't, this is, it's sad that in 2019 we have to have this conversation. But in verse 2, so the woman conceived and she bore a son. I'm not spending a lot of time here, but in the day and age in which we live, I just wanted to make this point that Jochebed, even understanding that this baby had a 50% chance of living. Pull that down into 2019 now. This baby had a 50% chance of living. If it's a girl, it lives. If it's a boy, it it dies. Jochebed chose life. And can I just say this? From the cradle to the grave, from conception until eternity future, I choose life. And mothers, I believe an attribute of a godly mother is choosing life. Now for that, if you're here this morning and maybe there's been a time in in, in the past in your life and and you've made a different decision than that, let me say this, Jesus loves you and his grace abounds to you and he always has mercy for you and the cross of Calvary offers forgiveness to anyone and everyone. But let me say this, Jochebed chose life understanding that she could birth that baby and that baby could be killed immediately. And this is not a political statement this morning. This is a biblical statement this morning. We believe in life. And we stand for life. And you say, oh, I've heard people say, oh, you stand for life with the babies. Or what about with everybody else? I I stand for life for everybody. All the way to to the, 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 the day they take their last breath, I am for life for every individual on the face of this earth. And I'll be honest with you, can we be, can we be just real? We live in a society today who would probably be, probably be willing to justify not choosing life because of the 50% chance that this was going to be a boy. Can we be honest? This is where we are in our society. Oh, if there's a chance, so cool. You're justified. Jacobed chose life this morning and and that's kind of an outlier uh, to what we're talking about but I felt like that this was an opportunity to speak on as a church uh, as your pastor where we stand on that issue and we believe in life if my mom could preach and if I let her she would she could get up here today 
<laughs> that's not a lie. Um, she, she could get up here today and talk about 13 years of praying for a child. And look what she was rewarded with. It's like a curse, man. Like I, but choosing life. Choosing life. All over this country, all over this world, there are ladies who, who cannot have children or who have not yet been able to have children who, who would love to have children. And then we have others that kind of flippantly view this bringing life into the world. Choose life. She chose life. Secondly, I want us to see, moving on from that, secondly, I want us to see that Jochebed boldly protected her son. She boldly protected her son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, verse 2, she hid him three months. The flood of emotions that happened to Jochebed when she delivered a child and saw that it was a boy. What do we do now? What do we do? She boldly protected she stood for life outside of the womb, as well as inside of the womb. She stood for, for life, and she boldly protected, and she hid that baby. And I made a joke about it earlier, but can you imagine trying to hide a newborn baby for three months when their soldiers from Egypt are literally walking through? Here's the thing. Think about this. They probably knew she was pregnant, and they probably knew she was about to have a child. I mean, she had to get very courageous to have this child and hide him for three months. But she did. And can I say that mothers are some of the most courageous and bold women? You have not seen anything until you've seen an angry mother taking care of her children. You've not seen anything. You've not seen anything until you've seen a, a mother go into her motherly instincts when things may become dangerous. And can I just say, dads, fathers, at those times we just kind of step, step back, step to the side, and you just let her roll, man. Hebrews eleven twenty three tells us, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. And they, she parented without fear and that's the practical application she parented without fear and i i can i say this it, i believe sometimes that we as parents oftentimes parent in fear we 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 are scared at what could happen well listen if we want to play that game I can take you down some crazy roads of what could happen within the next 20 minutes. If we want to play that game, you can play that fear game all you want to. And guess what? For the rest of your life, you can talk yourself out of doing some great things by playing that fear game. And when we parent that way, did you ever consider that maybe God brought your children into this world and that they were going to one day be in an unsafe environment? That could be God's plan. Did you know that God could have had you birth this child and this child goes off to serve in, in, in a, med say it may, a medical mission and they serve over in a third world country in a medical mission uh, area that has a lot of violence and there's a lot of things. Did you know that God, God may not have called your kids to live with the white picket fence and, and the alarm system and 
and the and the smartphone and the and the and the and the money and the money and the money and the new car and it's okay my wife and I've had to come to grips with if God calls, and I think he, he could call definitely, uh, my, if, if he calls one of my, I know God ain't calling one of them to do much in the, in the area of suffering. <laughs> I know, but the other one, the Lord could definitely. I'm not going to parent my kids in fear. I'm not going to parent my kids in fear. And she didn't. Jacobed did not let the fear of what could happen Stop her from doing the right thing. And a godly mother will parent through the fear. A godly mother will overcome that fear and that motherly instinct, that boldness that she had. And let me put it this way. Her reverence for God was greater than her fear of man. Her reverence for God was greater than her fear of man. Jochebed boldly protected her son, but not only that, verses 3 and 4, let's look at it. Jochebed planned for the future. Jochebed planned for the future. Look at verse 3, but when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Let me just say, she did not come up with this plan at the drop of a hat. She didn't order this little basket on Amazon and get same day shipping. They had the, like the drone delivery there in Egypt. It was awesome. It came right down. They, it crested right over the Great Sphinx and it came right down, dropped. No, this was, this was a preparation. This took some time. She knew there was going to come a time where she could no longer hide him and she had to plan for his future and she worked at it and she prepared that basket and she she made sure that basket was going to not uh, carry water in it she made sure that basket was going to be safe to float she made sure she knew what was going to happen not only did she take care of those physical needs for Moses but she even thought ahead enough to say I'm going to put his sister as the watch out at the lookout because here's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to find that baby. And I need somebody to run up and go, let me intervene here. And that's what she did with her. This was a well thought out plan, by the way. A well thought out plan, but Jochebed wisely planned for the future. And let me say this, mothers. Uh, Jochebed was not simply worried about today with her son. She was creatively thinking about the future for her son. And can I encourage you, especially those of us that are parenting uh, kids that are still in our house or younger children, and this is a challenge to me, a challenge to my wife, consider this question. Don't be as worried about who your kids are today. But consider more this question. What can I do today that will help my kids become the best they can be someday? Not Sunday. Someday, all right? Think about that. Don't consume yourself and don't get down on yourself and don't have such, uh, don't, don't judge yourself by how your kids are today. Instead, switch your focus. What can I do today? 
that will help my children be their best one day. Because that's what we can do. That's what we can do. We can plan for the future. Many family psychiatrists and those who speak at therapists that speak into uh, to family life, I've heard many, many of them say many families live in reaction mode. Everything just happens to them and they just react and they live their whole life just reacting to what happens. But then there are other families, I believe the small minority of families, who say, no, we are going to take some offensive steps, not offensive, but offense as opposed to defense, not offensive. We're going to take some steps on offense and we are going to take some specific steps today that will set our children up for an amazing one day. And that looks like a lot of things. I can't apply that to your life. I can present that truth. It looks different to some of you than it does to others. For some of you, that might, be a, that, that might speak to you financially. Hey, there's some things you can do today financially to help set your children up one day. But maybe, as I talked about earlier, maybe you don't have the finances to do that. That's fine. What, what character can you, can you pass into your children today that they can use to make them the best they can be one day? You see, Jochebed with Moses... She knew, hey, there's going to come a point in time where life's not going to be like this. They're going to find this baby. I need to start planning and preparing. And can I say this without starting, you know, starting crying and stuff like that for me? I'm not going to always be in this situation. My kids aren't going to always be 10 and 8. I need to start planning today for their one day, for their Sunday. I should have played like the... Kenny Chesney, don't blink or something right now. We would all start crying. Um, But I didn't want to do that in in church. But at the end of the day, we have to think about that. We have to think about the one days and the Sundays. And Jochebed did. She wanted to make decisions today, planning for the future that would help him one day. I want us to see next, and we're getting moving right along this morning. I want us to see next. Jochebed gave her son the best chance that she could. Jochebed gave her son the best chance that she could. Look at verse 5. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. Her maidens walked along the riverside. When she saw the ark, that little boat that she had made among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. She saw Moses. And behold, the baby wept. He was crying. All right, He has been away from his mother. He was on a boat from his perspective uh, all by himself. Three months old, crying. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child? This, that was the amazing wisdom of Jochebed. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, to Jochebed, take this child away and nurse him for me. And I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Side note, but I have to I have to mention this. Because of Jochebed's boldness and her willingness to take this step of faith, not only did her son live, but she got paid to raise him. 
Like, think about that. Not only did her son live, but Pharaoh's daughter says, if you will take and nurse this child and help raise this child, I will give you your wages. She got paid to raise her own child. Think about that in Egypt as a Hebrew, as a children of Israel, a child of Israel, raising your own son who should have been killed. Now, not only does she get paid, but now she can raise her son without fear because this is Pharaoh's grandson. This is his daughter's son that she found. It's amazing how God works. That's not the point of the message today, but it's amazing how God works. But Jochebed gave her son the best chance that she could. The truth is, Jochebed knew that her life with her son was probably going to be a lot different. She knew that it probably wasn't going to be long term. And as you know in the story, she turns him over to Pharaoh. The end of the verse is there. She ends up turning him over to Pharaoh's daughter. And, and life is not, was not perfect. But you know what she did? She gave him the best shot. She prob- that she possibly could. You know, as a mother, at the end of the day, you're not perfect. You're not expected to be perfect. In fact, those mothers that act like they're perfect, nobody likes them. All right, so uh, don't be that person. <clears throat> I'm, I had a joke, and I'm not going to tell it. Three years ago, Lynn, I'd have told that joke. I mean, anyway, um, but at the end of the day, moms, you don't have to be perfect. No one asks you to be perfect. No one expects you to be perfect. But at the end of the day, I think an overarching goal is I want to give my children the best shot that they possibly can have. And that's what she did here. It was creative. I mean, it was, it was, she had a great plan. It was wise what she did. But she gave Moses the best shot at life possible. You know, as a mom, I feel that that's the motherly spirit. I just want my kids to have a, have a good shot, to have a good shot. Can we be honest with each other and ourselves today? We live in America where sometimes the worst shot in America is better than the best shot in other countries. Can we just take a moment and understand that, man, we've got some great opportunities. You get an opportunity to raise your children in our culture, in our society. And while it's not perfect and it's got its issues and its problems and I preach against them, at the end of the day, opportunities abound. Opportunities abound. And raising our children as in motherly love and care to give your children, Jacobit her giving Moses the best chance that she possibly could. In closing today, very important. In closing, Jacobit rested in God's providence. The truth is, Jochebed could do all the planning that she wanted to do. And she did. She planned an amazing escape for Moses. And it worked. It was awesome. Could probably be, you know, a movie one day of how this happened. The life of Moses. But at the end of the day, Jochebed had to put that baby in that boat. And Jochebed had to, all the control she had, 
all the planning that Jochebed had done, all of the investing in the future of Moses that Jochebed had done, you know what she had to do at some point? She had to put that in the water. You know what she had to do? This is the toughest part, moms. She had to do this. She had to let go. And she had to back away. And probably with tears in her eyes, watches that little boat with that little baby, probably crying, floated away. And floated away, floated away. And she had to go back to where she lived. And she had to send her daughter, teenager, young teenager, to watch over what was going to happen. God didn't come to her before that and say, Hey, Jochebed, if you will put this baby in the water and let go and take your hands off of it, I promise you that I will save your son. That was nowhere in Scripture. It was nowhere in Scripture. Jochebed, by faith, let go and let God. She trusted in God's sovereignty and God's providence. You see, God in his, in his sovereignty and providence allowed the person to find Moses to be a compassionate lady instead of a bloodthirsty soldier. That was God's providence. You see, in God's providence, God allowed that compassionate lady to give over that child back to the mother. That was all God's providence. That lady could have said, I'm going to keep this baby. I'm going to take it back with me. I'm going to take care of everything here. I've got ladies in Egypt that can take care of this. God's providence took care of Moses. Now, it wasn't always good. Moses had his issues. In fact, Moses' life ends kind of on a sour note one day. He's a great leader for God, but he disobeys God. He gets disqualified from going in the promised land, and he has to die on the other side of the river. Life wasn't always good for Moses. Hey, Moses was, let's be real, Moses was a murderer. He killed an Egyptian in his young adult life. He wasn't perfect. But Jochebed took her hands off, and the providence of God led Moses through his life. And Jochebed knew that if she kept her hands on her baby, that there was no way he'd make it. The only chance he stood was to trust God, was to let go. Jochebed's belief in God's providence was stronger than her fear of the circumstances around her. And can I say this, moms, whatever stage of life you're in, you either are in, have been in, or will be coming up to a stage of life where you're at a point like this. And can I say, trust God. Listen, you've planned. We know, moms, we know how much you love us. You've planned. You're fearless. You know you want our, you've got our best at heart 
But there comes different times and different seasons of life where once again you've got to say, okay, God. Okay, God, once again, okay, now my adult children, I've already let them go once, God, but now there's a situation coming up, and God, please, I, I can't help them. Only you can help them at this time. My adult children, God, please bring them back to you, and I've got to... Oh, you know what, God, everything was going great, and then, then my, that, that cousin of mine or that son or that daughter got that diagnosis, and, and, and the sickness has come in their life. God, I can't do anything about it. If I could take the punishment on myself, I would, but I can't. And so, God, there's another time I've got to just, I've got to let go. I've got to do what Jochebed did. Moms are amazing people. Ladies are amazing People. By the way, Miriam, the sister, was not yet a mother, and she was every bit of a hero in the story as anyone else, which is why today we honor all ladies. In fact, our gift is for all ladies that are 18 and older today, but mothers specifically. Attributes of a godly mother. Trusting in God to let go and to watch him work in the life of Moses. Can I say this, moms? Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is let go. I don't mean letting go of, com- of, of communication. I don't mean letting go of, uh, of loving them. I mean a letting go of, God, I trust you more than I trust myself. God, I trust you with my children more than I trust me with my children. God, I, I release. And can I just, this morning, blanket say, as we close, all of us today, moms, dads, men, women, teenagers, wherever we're at, the more in times in life we can do this right here, the better off we will be. The better off we will be. For some of you, you've been holding on to your good works. Or you've been holding on to the fact that you were raised in church. Like somehow you got born, and just because you were born, everything is good. Some of us have been holding on to the fact that we faithfully come to church every Sunday. Some of us have been holding on to the fact that we're, we're a nice person. I mean, we're nicer than we are mean. We've been holding on to that. Some of us have been holding on to the fact that, hey, we serve our community and we, we love and we love people and we, we really do. We, we really desire the best for others. We've been holding on to that. And maybe today, just like Jochebed had to release Moses, maybe today we need to release some of those and say none of those make me right with God because I'm a sinner because I'm a sinner and can I close by this this morning if you've if you're holding on to any good work that you do to make you a Christian you're going to fail I hate to tell you that you're going to fail you're going to fail like the other two Jeopardy contestants coming up this week are about to fail with that one guy that's been going for so long. You're going to fail. You might think you're doing good, but then he's going to get a double jeopardy thing, a daily double. 
And you're going to be like, nope, it's over. I got to meet that guy, by the way. But you know what? It don't matter how good you are. Somebody's better. Somebody's better. No matter how good you are, someone's better. You can try and try and try. doesn't matter how kind you are. Somebody's kinder. doesn't matter how much money you give. Somebody gives more. doesn't matter how nice you are to your neighbor. Somebody's nicer. At the end of the day, we have to understand all have sinned, Romans chapter 3, and come short of the glory of God. And because of our sin, we must let go. We must let go. We must let go. And Jesus made that possible by coming 2,000 years ago and living a perfect life. Jesus lived the life that you and I cannot live. You want to live a perfect life? Good luck. Start right now. I'll see you next Sunday and we'll see how many times you failed. All right? That means you got to come back next Sunday. All right? <laughs> Told people, man, I'm, I'm going to be good. Don't get here early, though, on Mother's Day. That was good. I like that. But at the end of the day, Jesus lived the life, the perfect life that you and I couldn't live. You couldn't live it. You know what he did 2,000 years ago? Is he died the death that you and I were supposed to die. You see, because we're sinners, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, that the wages, the penalty, the payment of sin is death. If you've been here long at all at Keystone, you've heard this. I say this nearly every week. But it's because it's the most important thing that I could ever say. Is that there's always a penalty. There's always a punishment for sin. Hey, listen, we're talking to mothers today. Y'all know there's always a punishment for sin. Some of y'all probably have them written on the fridge. Like if you do this, mama's gonna, and whatever it says there, that's on you. But if you do this, mama's gonna take care of business. There's always a payment. There's always a penalty for sin. And the Bible says our penalty for sin is death. And that's not a physical death. We're all going to die one day. Well, this is a spiritual death, a separation. The word literally means a separation from God. And that means one day when our, when our name is called and we move on from this life to the other, no matter if it's when we're uh, old, old age, or no matter if it's, it's way too young, whenever that day comes for all of us, because that day co- could come for any of us, whenever that day comes, the payment for sin in our life has to be paid. And at the end of the day, you can choose one of two things. You can choose to pay the payment of sin yourself. And that is to be eternally separated from God in a place called hell. Or, you could allow what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago on this very earth when he died the death that you deserve to die. And you could let him pay your penalty for you. Because he already did. I say it like this often. It's as if we went to a nice restaurant today. I'll tell you where I'm going in case you want to do this and try me. Go into a nice restaurant and you see me at that nice restaurant and you go, I'm going to take care of pastor's lunch today. I told you, if y'all want to know where I'm going, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do this. I will not let you do this. Um, I will get yours first, I promise. If I want to get your lunch, I will pay for your lunch. I promise you. You cannot beat me. All right? But if I go to a nice restaurant today, you know, like the, uh, this is my dad joke. You ready? Like the Golden Arches uh, down here, that nice restaurant. (laughs) My dad's said that his entire life and laughs every time. So, uh, (laughs) 
that nice restaurant in the Golden Arches, and we went there. It's McDonald's for, for some of Okay, anyway. Um, but, uh, oh, the rest of you laughed. I'm just kidding. But, um, and I, I ordered whatever I wanted to. And I asked the waitress, hey, can I have the check? And she goes, oh, it's already been paid. It's already been paid. That man right over there paid for it. Thanks, Chris. Uh, that man right over there paid for it. If you just add a T on the end of your name, Christ, I mean, it just all works. He already paid for it. Chris already paid for it. He took care of it. Let me tell you what would be foolish. I know Chris paid for it. The tab's already taken care of. The tab is already done. It's already through the system. Well, could you do this? Here, this is what we ordered. Could you re-ring it up? Because I really want to pay for it. I know he's already paid for it, but could you go ahead and ring it up again? I've got my card. I'd like to pay for it. That waitress would look at me like I was absolutely crazy. Right? And, and honestly, rightfully so. Can I say this? I would never call you crazy. But I'm going to come as close right now. <laughs> Jesus has already paid your sin debt for you when he died on Calvary's cross. Listen, your bill has already been wiped clean. It's already been run through the system of forgiveness. It's done. It's over. And it would be foolish for you to say the wages of sin is death. Can you re-ring my sin up, please? Because I'd like to pay for that. How foolish. How foolish this morning. Can I ask you on Mother's Day, the greatest Mother's Day you'll ever have is the Mother's Day that you say, I'm going to trust Jesus and Jesus alone to pay for my sin debt. Not in my works, because my works are not perfect. Not in my good deeds, because I've got bad deeds too. Not in my kindness, because let's be real, I got some meanness too. No, it's in Jesus. What a day, Mother's Day 2019, what a day that would be to just surrender, to let go, and let Jesus Christ be your eternal Savior. For the wages of sin is death, yes it is, and one day we're all going to die, but that spiritual death will never come to you. You'll be forever with God for eternity. Trusting in Jesus, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.